Welcome to Seeds of Awakening, a podcast <laughs> with myself, Kimberly Jacobson, and myself, Forrest Dwyer. We're so excited you're listening, and we think you're really going to love this episode. This week, we're talking with a really good friend of ours, Sophia Avramides. She's a total goddess, and I think you're going to love her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to love her. So uh, amazing. This week, we dove into a bunch. So we talked about uh, Ayurveda specifically uh, kind of broke down the different, the three different doshas in, in Ayurveda. Um, and then we, we dove into her life and uh, as a business owner, as well as some of the work that she does with cannabis. And she kind of broke down scientifically what cannabis does to your body uh, in different ways that sometimes it's good and sometimes it can be abused. So we <laughs> talk about that. And much more enjoy. And there's so many little nuggets of information in this episode that are just so excellent. Um, you'll meet our alter egos at the end. Spoiler. Please. Uh, sorry. It's a little spoiler, but don't fast forward. Listen to the whole thing. It'll be like a nice little nugget of surprise when you get to the end. And enjoy. Yeah. And check out Soph. She's all around. <laughs> She's all around. <laughs> Doing cool things. <laughs> all right. Enjoy. So I'm really excited that you get to be our first podcast recording. So thanks. Oh, thank you. I'm <laughs> stoked. All smiles. <laughs> so we are talking about Ayurveda a lot today mm -hmm. with you. And so for those who don't know, just like rundown of Ayurveda for us. What is Ayurveda and sure, little so, history? Yeah, so Ayurveda is, translates to the science of life. So pretty much when you look at the word Ayurveda, it breaks down into two word, words, <laughs> Ayus and Veda. And Ayus means life and Veda is study or knowledge or wisdom or truth. And so it's like Ayurveda is said to be the truth of your life or the study of your life. Mm -hmm. And so when you're involved with Ayurvedic medicine, your goal is to get to the root of whatever is conflicted in your life and bring it to balance through your diet and lifestyle choices. So Ayurveda is like this full system of medicine that embodies your diet, your lifestyle, and everything in between. And it's the idea of it is to help you get to like the truth, the true essence of who you are and to help you live your best life pretty much. It's like basically <laughs> the rule book on how to live your best life. Yeah. <laughs> so really simple. So simple. What is everything in between? Uh, the relationships you keep, the, the time you go to bed, the things you tell yourself, the clothing <laughs> colors you choose to wear, the music listen you listen to, what you put on your skin. Um, Are there like rules to that though in terms of, okay, I wear different colors and I should see certain effects to it? Like there's an actual science to that or is that something where you, you start to do those things and notice the differences they make? It's pretty energetic. So there's... I, 
you probably could base a science around it or like have like an evidence-based study to to say yeah like if you wear red every day you're more prone to being angry mm-hmm. you know a lot of it's really intuitive so it's really what you what you would intuit you know uh, and we're blue every day so i feel really calm and i mean color is not really like an aspect of ayurveda yeah we don't have to harp on colors <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like there is um basically when you're looking at ayurvedic medicine you're working with these three principles called the doshas mm-hmm. so there are these three bioenergies and the idea is each one of them has its own specific qualities associated with it based on what elements it's composed of so there are five elements in Ayurvedic medicine that kind of make up the foundation of Ayurveda and the philosophy of Ayurveda. And they're the elements of space, wind, fire, water, and earth. So you have these five elements. They all have different qualities. And so they combine to make these three doshas. And basically the idea is we all have our own unique ratios of these doshas and these elemental energies within us. So some people might have more air in them and they might be more spacey, like legitimately a space (laughs) cadet or, you know, and those people might be more ADHD or really creative and more whimsical, um, you know, more prone to not being grounded because they have Mm -hmm. so much space in them. And then some people might have more fire energy and they're like more fiery, you know, they like spicy food and caffeine and, they may be prone to being like the alphas, like the dominating people who really want to take charge because they're so fiery and they're like, yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, like there's the earthy grounded people who are like, the the word for that is kapha in Ayurveda. And those are the really chill, like kind of almost, you know, really slow, can be lethargic type people. (laughs) Yeah, you know, (laughs) like really grounded and... What are you? Oh, I am a a healthy combination of all three. However, I am prone to being more of the first one, the vata, that that like spacey... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like total like airhead sometimes. And, And so... Ayurveda was really cool learning Ayurveda for me because I I feel like, you know, as we were talking about a little bit earlier with these extremes I experience in my day-to-day, you know, one day I feel really up and another day I feel really down. And it's finding that middle ground mm-hmm. and becoming accepting of where you are whenever you're there and having space for that place that you're in regardless. And with Ayurveda... I really liked learning about these three different types of people in a sense um, because it kind of looks at it in a sense of nothing is necessarily right and nothing is wrong. It, it simply is. Mm-hmm. So it really allowed me space to accept myself in wherever I'm at and give me a language to associate with oh, I'm extra spacey, I have no attention span at all today, my vata must be really high, what can I do to then ground vata through Ayurvedic practices so I can feel better in myself? And it really gives this like vocabulary so you can accept yourself and also accept everyone else around you. And a lot of it's really archetypal, you know? No. So so archetypes, like they're like this idea where you're like, 
you know, we all have, there's so many different types of archetypes, you know, in our like world, a lot of us love the archetypes of astrology and, um, or whatever it may be, you know, there's like the Myers-Briggs personality test, like right. things like that, that, you know, a lot of businesses use or, uh, for team building and for kind of identifying like what type of person are you mm. so Ayurveda kind of reminds me of that where it's like okay what's your dosha you know like what's yeah. your sign but what's your dosha <laughs> and like that's really fun a fun language for it yeah since I met you and talking about the doshas it's allowed me to kind of look at at my own self and I tend to be I feel like pitta and when I get really out of balance, I get like really fiery. And, you know, at some points in life, I've looked at that and, and been like, oh, that's, that's not good. So then instead of kind of spending time like caring for that or cooling it, now I'm spending more time being like mad that I'm mad. <laughs> yeah, more critical. Yeah, so now like I'm just, I'm, I'm tending to the fire instead of like, pacifying it in the nicest way possible so I feel like that's a really cool piece that I didn't really know or understand until I met you which is cool like increases like yeah so that's the idea where you can become aware of what's going on and you can either become more upset about it you know as you're (laughs) saying which is totally natural and a lot of us do it's dwelling on on whatever is happening (laughs) and being like oh this sucks like why is this happening like this and you know you get stuck in that phase so like increases like so some people who are innately more pizza have more fire energy uh they you know feel really aggravated and they're their choice or selection of how to deal with the frustration or anger that they're feeling is to go drink alcohol or like go do something more fiery (laughs) exactly rather than you know do like legs up the wall or like (laughs) something like go on a nice nature walk or you know like volunteer you know something that will cool them down and make them get out of their ego so like increases like and then the other rule in ayurveda is opposites decrease which is exactly that so doing something opposite of that element no that makes sense i feel like what you're saying is the first piece is being aware of what you're at though right yeah for sure do you have any practices that are that easily kind of check in and see okay here i am or am i at this certain dosha or i feel like i'm off balance so like what does that mean and what what kind of steps can i take to improve yeah I like to write a lot so that's a good way for me to channel whatever's going on in my my space I do a lot of like free writing where Mm -hmm. it's kind of like stream of consciousness and uh, that kind of took me a while to get there where uh, I would totally overthink what I was writing down but once I started getting to that space of like write it down on paper and then it's out of your head I could then take that right so you're just sitting there like in a feeling and this is this can be with or without any trigger you know simple practice of Mm -hmm. like an everyday meditation in a sense Mm -hmm. um and then i like to reread what i wrote and then pick out words or feelings and then you know from there recognize oh i'm feeling really earthy and like or maybe not earthy but really stuck today you know like i i feel like scared and stuck Like, I'm not going to be able to do anything with myself. Or oftentimes for me, like, I, as I said, I I naturally, I'm prone to the space, spacey Mm -hmm. energy. So 
I often simply know that and like you don't have to write like you can sit there with yourself for a minute and close your eyes and check in and see what thoughts are coming up um and that's the simplest form of meditation I think is really to sit in stillness and observe your thoughts (laughs) and it's like okay I'm clearly pissed at this person (laughs) because they keep entering my mind and you know like now I know I'm angry and that's that pizza energy and or wow, I'm thinking about this situation from like 20 years ago, and you know, someone said something really mean to me, and why is that in my head? It doesn't matter, but that's sadness, and that's being in the past, and that's this like dense kapha energy of this like you know old stuck feeling that's in there. How do I move that out of me? You know? So did that answer your question? Yeah, no, it did. <laughs> How how much does that psychological effect or something being stuck or something from the past that's really mental end up coming up in like our physical lives? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean that different parts of your body store different emotional pains. I'm a firm believer in that. In Ayurveda, the way that we look at it is actually through tongue diagnosis. And mm. so that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the idea is like kind of like reflexology where, you know, they say that every part of your foot or your hand is coordinated with a different organ. The idea is that your tongue also operates in that way. So you can see what's going on on people's body through their tongue if you're really good at it. Um, there's every spot on the tongue is associated with an organ. So that's really interesting. But, you know, some people have chronic pain, you know, in different parts of their back or and through thousands of years of ancient wisdom through, you know, Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine and all these things, (laughs) they've then coordinated different, you know. I'm only laughing because I literally just told you to give us thousands of years of ancient wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) So true. So true. (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm just trying to like visualize the person who's had to look at thousands of tongues yeah. to figure out this science oh right to be like oh that's what that means yeah. like it's crazy you know and that's wild and oftentimes i wonder like if somebody did look at thousands of tongues or if it was, <laughs> if it was one of those things that was just like one of the like you know monks sitting on the Himalayan mountains like with their crown chakra blasted open (laughs) just got this download like oh this point on the tongue you know what I mean like and just like wrote it down and but in my experience with working with clients I I mean I don't base a lot off of tongue diagnosis because I don't know that much about it you did ask me to see my tongue. I do look when at everyone's tongues. I do. I do like to look at people's tongues because everyone's tongue is different. And also your tongue changes as your body changes. So I think that's really interesting. Like in my like five years of tongue scraping, which is a thing I recommend yes, everyone. Um, tongue <laughs> scraping is a life changer. Literal life changer. I can't believe there was a time that I ever did not scrape my tongue. Forrest, do you scrape your tongue? I, not yet. Okay, we it need feels to, like tomorrow. We need to get yeah. you a tongue scraper. It's it's mandatory. <laughs> it's um I I always say that I would rather you know go on an overnight trip and leave my toothbrush than my t- instead of my tongue scraper. Like I'd rather have my tongue scraper than my toothbrush, which you need to have both. But like 
it's so it makes your mouth feel so clean so clean because basically it's like for anyone who doesn't know who's listening a tongue scraper a quality tongue scraper <laughs> is it's a like a horseshoe shaped <laughs> for all of our listeners <laughs> you can throw out your toothbrushes get a tongue scraper or <laughs> and you can just like you know casually brush your teeth with like what, what what do they used to use? Like just like leaves or <laughs> this is kind of like stick or branch. That yeah, you can exactly. Use because the I don't know. Is it? Uh, well, we'll get back to you on that one. But yeah. let me. I'll tell you about the tongue scraper. It's basically a horseshoe <laughs> shaped. Uh, it's either made out of copper or stainless steel. I usually recommend copper because it promotes circulation in your body. And basically, what you're doing is you're like sticking your tongue out and the the top of the horseshoe yes <laughs> such yes. an such an in-depth just to, i'm pulling up a picture I, okay he's pulling up a picture okay so you're basically scraping yeah. off what it's the the stuff that your body digested overnight is the idea of it where so you do it every morning yeah. every morning when you brush your teeth first thing first <clears throat> thing i do it before i brush my teeth yes um, and then I do it before I eat anything or drink anything too, because the idea is like your body pushes toxins that it was, you know, from its, whatever it digested overnight, it pushes toxins out through a couple different places, through your skin, through your bowel movements and onto your tongue. So, you know, that film of yeah. shiz that's on your tongue in the morning, <laughs> That's what you're removing because the idea is if you don't get rid of it, then you're taking it right back into your body, which is disgusting. Oh, yeah. yeah. And to take it's shiz so back gross. Into your body is so so gross. don't do that, guys. Get, get a tongue scraper. <laughs> to go back off the tongue scraper. Yes. I just, it's hard, I, it's hard I to love, go back I that. love them, man. Um, <laughs> we skipped this a little bit, but I know as a child you dealt with psoriasis is this right yes and yeah. then a little bit of anxiety as a teenager and is that what got you into Ayurveda and how did Ayurveda kind of impact all of that for you I would say so yeah for sure I I had a lot of um like mental health things as a teenager that I really couldn't identify um and so and the psoriasis as well you know I I really struggled with with psoriasis, and I I have minor outbreaks here and there mm -hmm. now, but it's not nearly as severe as it's been in the past. So pretty much, I was on corticosteroids, which are really intense. It's, yeah, really intense. For you know, as a as a teenager, <clears throat> which I you know feel definitely contributed to any sort of hormonal shifts that I may have in my body even now, um, and. I kind of like realized at like the age of 16 or so that I didn't want to use these things anymore on my body because it was like, I don't think this is sustainable. And I finally really realized that. So I've had psoriasis since I was seven. And I, even when I was younger, I remember having anxiety. So it's kind of like since, a, since early childhood, I mm -hmm. remember being pretty anxious and also having this physical manifestation of what I think is nerves, you know, mm. um, psoriasis is this overproduction of skin cells on your body. So it's like your skin is replacing itself every few days rather than every like 18 to 21. I think it's, those are the numbers. It's something like that, but it's 
significantly quicker than normal skin cells. And if you're looking at it in like a psychosocial or like uh, an emotional, not psychosocial, uh, like a psychophysical, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Basically, if you're looking, oh, psychosomatic. Mm. There we go. It's <laughs> a good word. If Great we're word. looking at it in a psychosomatic fashion of y- your mind-body connection, um, I I feel like this overproduction of skin cells is based off of an overactive mind. Mm. You mm. know, like your mind is racing and you're not grounding, so it's kind of manifesting in such a way. Um, very simplified reasoning, but I genuinely feel that that's real. And so oftentimes people who have really chronic psoriasis, once they start meditating or practicing grounding exercises, they notice a significant reduction. Yeah. There's like, which is really cool. It's once you start, you know, really honing in your mind and your emotions, you notice this significant decrease. Hmm. And in Ayurveda, the way that psoriasis is viewed is actually as a vata pitta and kapha disorder so it's not just one dosha it's you know all three of them mm-hmm. um so you're treating the whole system when you're working with a, a disease such as that huh yeah it's really interesting and so ayurveda definitely helped me as far as you know my physical issues and my phys- my pain and the mental stuff of being like why do I feel this way? I don't want to feel this way was definitely the road to leading me to Eastern medicine. Yeah. One of the reasons I asked is because I feel like in order for people to get into medicine and health, a lot of times they need a kickstart. And it sounds like you got that kickstart very early on. For sure. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too, because I, as a teenager, once again, super anxious, didn't go to school for like my entire junior year of high school because I had like these really crazy stomach aches every morning mm-hmm. that were totally psychosomatic. We got the word that time. <laughs> um, I really let it affect my, my well-being and my ability to be a part of society. I didn't want to like really go to college. I, but for whatever reason, when I got accepted to all my schools, I chose Mass College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. No idea why I had, you know, I really had no interest in pharmacy or I honestly don't know when my interest in medicine even developed. I think it was one of those, well, I guess I'll just do this type decisions because I was so like apathetic to going to college in general. Mm -hmm. And I was doing it simply because my parents were making me. And I was like, what school gave me the most money? Like (laughs) type, that was the mentality. And so I go to this pharmacy school and I, first of all, like, (laughs) I'm like, what am I doing here? And, you know, stick out like a sore thumb often, you know, and I'm I'm like this very bright, like vibrant, colorful being um, amidst many people who are much more serious and like very dedicated to their, their pursuit of pharmacy. You know, it's a really serious program. So college was really funny for me. Um, I explored a lot and I, you know, I had a lot of moments where I was really debated dropping out because it felt like such a sterile environment. Mm -hmm. That being said, I am so grateful for my schooling there and I learned a lot and I really, you know, got this background in Western medicine 
that I would not have otherwise attained that I think is really necessary for anybody who wants to then pursue Eastern medicine to understand kind of both sides of the coin. Yeah. You know? Um, And so I kind of loathed it while I was in it. (laughs) And I realized, okay, this is something really cool information. I love like organic chemistry and like really like the cool, like kind of puzzle, puzzle piecing sciences. But I couldn't see myself working in a hospital or, you know, in, in an environment that is very, I'm going to keep using the word sterile. It just didn't feel right for me. And I really commend everybody who can work in those environments because they're really needed and, um, and necessary. And I have a lot of friends who have graduated and, like, they're killing it. And mm. they're doing a good job integrating work. Um, but basically, after I graduated from... Mass College of Pharmacy with a degree in health psychology, which is hilarious that I went that route. Um, I then pursued Ayurveda school. And so I wouldn't have found Ayurveda if I didn't go through the Western lens and realized it wasn't the right fit for me or like the realm I wanted to work in. And I wouldn't have even, I don't know, it was some sort of However it happened that I'm working in the medicine field, I really can't pinpoint that moment. moment. But like you said, it probably was simply from early on when I had all these chronic health issues where it's like, yeah, what what hits closest to home? Like that's probably what you're going to want to make an impact in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy Crazy. to think about. Yeah. (laughs) At this point, you own your own business, Mm -hmm. which is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's and fun. so what kind of, I mean, I met you at a couple or a few years ago and Avraveda was already existing and running and already doing insanely well. Um, and we'll, we'll come back and talk a little bit about what Avraveda is, but what came first? Did, did your, your potions and your creations and your love for making all of these awesome like infusions start or did you go into um like the ayurveda schooling first uh so i would say it was pretty symbiotic i so a little backstory of ayurveda i work specifically with cbd and uh so in, in my concoctions, you know, work with hemp-based CBD, which is a, a component found in the cannabis plant. And it's been shown to have really wonderful medicinal effects. So I discovered, we're going back in time to when I said I wanted to stop using the corticosteroid ointments yeah. when I was 16. Mm-hmm. Around that time was the first time I ever smoked weed. Whoa. Yeah. And so that was crazy, you know, because obviously there's this huge stigma around cannabis. And I loved it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel I feel really good. Like every 16-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> like every 16-year-old. Yeah. And it's crazy because it wasn't, for me, it wasn't only like getting high, which that was a big part of it. Like every 16-year-old, like we want to you know, like laugh and have fun and go on these rides with each other and listen to music. But also I feel like I really did experience some medicinal effects of it. Notice this severe reduction in anxiety in which that was the point that I could then say, 
wow, I have anxiety because mm-hmm. nobody ever told me that. Like, I didn't know what that was. You know, it was it was just like, oh, I this is crazy. <laughs> like, this is like not how I want to exist. And, you know, it was because of cannabis where it could like kind of slow down and really see like this is how my mind works. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of how I started realizing these things. And I also noticed a significant reduction in the psoriasis once I started using cannabis. So I, you know, my relationship with it has ebbed and flowed through the years. Um, I now really, uh, I would say very minimally take in cannabis as far as in the sense of like smoking a joint every day or like, you know, because it's, it's such a powerful herb that needs to be respected and it has really profound effects on our body. And so, you know, it's, it does have room for misuse Mm -hmm. and I think that it can be used as like a really, really beautiful medicine for people. It's simply being aware of, you know, that boundary um, and so I really like CBD for that reason because CBD doesn't have psychoactive effects. I, it, I find it has a very grounding nature. So, you know, if I'm feeling kind of like I'm crawling out of my skin or I can't really stop my thoughts, I like ha- making tinctures and things. So going back to your question, <laughs> I started making these potions because I loved cannabis so much as a kid, you know? So I started being like, what else can I do with this plant? Like, oh, I can make butters and oils and I can make edibles. And so it really started out as like a stoner kid, like wanting to learn how to work with a plant (laughs) is pretty much what happened. And I'm sure there's many humans who benefited from your, from your love of creation. Yeah, for, for sure. So that's kind of how that started happening. And then when I started studying Ayurveda I was living in this really wonderful home in which I had a lot of room to create and I you know had attained a bunch of herbs and essential oils and kind of like really started building this apothecary and didn't really think much of it other than this is something I want to do so this was all in the same year you know it kind of happened um symbiotically where you know I would continue this these five plus years of making these cannabis infusions but then I would start infusing other herbs into it and you know start like kind of playing around with different formulas making skincare things because I have a skin issue so it only makes sense right it's like oh I want to start taking care of my skin as naturally as possible Um, and then in meanwhile I'm learning these basics of Ayurveda and I'm learning about how to balance different energies in your body through specific foods and and things such as that. So when we did the herbal module, it was in, I want to say April of 2015, April of 2015. So that was when I had like my Ayurveda, my Ayurvedic herbalism training um, with uh, William Sif, who is an incredible herbalist. And he actually has this delicious elixir company called Gold Thread Elixirs. And you can find them at Whole Foods now. It is so cool. So he uses a lot of really like delicious, like a lot of local and um, everything sustainably sourced, makes these amazing formulas. So he basically taught us Ayurvedic herbology. 
and and Dr. Rosie Mann, who is an incredible Ayurvedic doctor. She's amazing. So, you know, I kind of had been gathering my own insights based on what I wanted to intuitively pair, but that was when it kind of all came together, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. There's so many elements to this that I've never, well, never even considered. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, I'd say it really kind of like came together synergistically. Yeah, so cool. It started with with cannabis, <laughs> <laughs> totally. like many of us in our generation. But it's what I love is kind of what what you offer. The Ayurvedic knowledge and the Ayurvedic foundation is strong in what you create. Like you have your Vata oils and you have like your Tejas. Um, I think is it a bomb or yeah. a salve you have right yeah, now? It's a bomb. The bomb. And so it's so, you know, obviously hearing your story about coming from like this, this 16-year-old stoner kid, but then seeing how it's morphed and transformed. And now it's this like, oh, such a solid, you have such a solid foundation. So I love, um, you know, when people come in to get your stuff, it's like, it's, it's just so backed and it's you can feel the love for Ayurveda really woven through all of it. Mm. And it's, it just feels like so much more than 16 year old soap, like (laughs) hanging out, cooking things up in the kitchen. It's like being a total (laughs) rebel without a cause, you know, like I'm doing this because I can. That's really beautiful to hear, Kim. Thank you. Yeah. I, I really, I like, really like making these different formulas because I feel like the idea with Ayurveda, right? Like we were saying is like, you kind of can accept like, oh, I'm this type of person and that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really what I tried or work to infuse in these products is like, yeah, you know, you might benefit from this one because you have a little more of this going on in you or this one because you have a little more of this going on. And at first, you know, it, it was really difficult to do this. Or it took so much energy because creating everything comes pretty naturally you know it's it's simple it's the education that has to go into explaining what it is that's going on in these you know and it's really beautiful now to be at a point where it feels much more understood mm-hmm. um by people in general like there's this cool like shift yeah. really mm-hmm. happening where people who don't even know anything about ayurveda seem to be able to digest this more if I'm kind of realizing you know they're more open and I really love that like I I love that it's become easier for me to to and maybe it's also the practice that I've you know experienced through the years of breaking down what I do with with (laughs) Abraveda yep um but it also seems like you know people are really open to different types of things to help them feel better in their bodies and that's the whole intention of all of it yeah i think there's a bigger awareness now to trying to do some of this naturally as well which is a huge huge shift also cbd oil has become much bigger in the past few years than it was maybe five years ago or even two years ago for sure yeah for sure it's uh it's cool how many people are opening up to to like this highly stigmatized plant you know and it's really amazing to see how it treats people and 
once again, like I, I always feel like I have to say this, but everything is just a tool, you know, like there is no cure all for anything. <laughs> and I tell people that, you know, and they like are like, oh, is this going to make me feel better? And it's like, it will probably make you feel better. Yes. But you're going to have to do the other things too. Yeah. And I really like Avurveda, um, like the apothecary, because it's kind of this like doorway to yeah. open people into the world of health consultations and yoga and meditation and that's the bigger picture for me is it's like I you know I I really love the apothecary so much and I'm gonna probably do it at least for myself and my loved ones forever ideally I want people to learn how to do everything by themselves and that's my goal you know is to teach people like this is how you do this stuff like it's knowledge that everybody deserves to have and that's pretty much what I think we all need is how can you take care of yourself and self-sustain absolutely give me one one potion that you have a potion um as far as like you want it. like what is it don't give it to me physically what is it uh, give it to me so like the be kind oil is a nice one so that's for pizza that's for like kind of a more fiery me. type person it's for me that's for uh, you. She made it's for me. She made it for me. <laughs> it's a it's a sunflower oil infusion, which is uh, considered a a pretty balanced oil. You know, it's not heating nor is it cooling. It's kind of like right in the middle, neutral, energetically. Um, and then it's infused with herbs like mint, like a, cu- a couple different types of mint. It really varies. Like I've used cat mint, I've used Andean mint, I've used spearmint, I've used chocolate mint. Um, it's really what I have a lot of, you know, that's either homegrown or like grown from someone close by to me. Um, and it's so it's mint, it's lavender, there's a little bit of sage in there, which is uh, more of a warming herb. So mm-hmm. pitta is this fiery energy. So this is our pitta oil. But in Ayurveda, a, a big part of it is like when you're balancing out an energy, you do want to use mostly the opposite but you want to incorporate a little bit of that same energy in there because you don't want to completely wash it out. So a little bit of sage to like keep the fire burning, but it's still like kind of mellow and (laughs) and soft. Um, What else do I put in that one? Um, Amalaki, which is an Ayurvedic herb for the skin. So that's one thing that isn't homegrown. It's, uh, I usually order it from Banyan Botanicals or Mountain Rose Herbs, which are great organic sources. And that's a cooling herb, great for the skin, um, really good for digestion. And and then full spectrum hemp oil. And um, I source that from like organic farm in Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, cool. yeah, so that's the ideal. Um, I would love to be sourcing from an organic hemp farm in, in Massachusetts. Yeah. Uh, that's soon. soon so anybody happen. who's listening, the use of cannabis, um, as a healing tool is it has become more of the norm right but for those who don't know or for those who aren't familiar with its properties and what it can do could you just speak a little bit to why like why why are you so drawn to using that and you did talk about how much it has affected you in your you know in what's happened in your past but all of the other properties it carries and what's what it can do for people. Sure. So in the Western sense, I mean, like 
they've literally found that cannabis kills cancer cells. So, you know, it like, that's pretty well, crazy there's that. <laughs> to begin with, you know, it's, um, so, you know, and that's with something very chronic like cancer. Um, but in the sense also is very preventative, you know, it, the idea is that we have an endocannabinoid system. So it's a part of our nervous system that branches from the crown of our, our head down to our feet. You know, we have receptors, for this endocannabinoid system through our entire body. And they find that the endocannabinoid system regulates everything from your sleep schedule to your digestion, to your reproductive cycles, to your mood. So it's like this crazy neurotransmitter system that regulates pretty much our equilibrium and our balance and our our way of being. Mm. And so the word endocannabinoid has canna in it and the idea is that we we create our own cannabinoids endocannabinoids in our bodies and the thing is external influences in the world around us sometimes then affect our body's natural ability to produce these endocannabinoids that regulate all of these really vital parts of our body and our, our bodily our bodily functioning And so when you take in cannabis or you use cannabis, you are taking in phytocannabinoids. So they're plant-based cannabinoids that are identical to the endocannabinoids our body naturally produces. And so the phytocannabinoids then bind to our endocannabinoid receptors and they then stimulate this endocannabinoid system and then they, it's wild so it's <laughs> this crazy science it's it's but like you know so it, it helps stabilize you know so many parts of our our functioning and like in layman's terms in simplicity it makes you happy it makes a lot of people happy and there's you know, I once again, it's a tool. I don't think anybody can, can should rely on anything other than themselves to be happy. But, you know, if you can use a, a tool that's a natural herb to get you to a place where you might feel more creative or less in pain or more apt to seeing things from a different angle, I really don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I think that that's a really powerful thing to have in our society that is very very like impaired in its patterning and it's it's you know outdated thoughts and our way of being is not so to have something that challenges those thoughts be it through the psychoactive components of THC or the non-psychoactive components of CBD that simply relax you and help you feel more in your body, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a really good place to start with the process of healing yourself, I think. So, yeah, yeah it's a really potent, it's potent crazy. plant. I feel like you hear more often than anything else, the average person is seeking your, your medicine, your potions out for, um, like, for pain. You right. know, whether it's some type of, like, arthritic pain or any kind of joint pain or any of it migraines sometimes headaches Mm -hmm. so what um speaking just a little bit to that briefly because I do feel like that's the most norm as far as what people are now seeking it out for right um I feel as if yeah a lot of people definitely have physical pain um it's often 
I mean, they say like, you know, pain is stagnation. So anywhere you have pain, it's, it's simply that that like area isn't being stimulated enough. So I'm a huge proponent of massage and self-massage is huge. And also, you know, receiving massages for people who have really chronic back pain. Uh, the idea with the topicals that I create are I, I really work to make them as like digestible by the skin as possible so mm-hmm. like they really like can absorb and, and get in there and um, you know I, I like to tell people you know don't like haphazardly put this on like put it on with intention mm. you know use it use it in the areas that hurt but like really like think about it when you're doing it you know put the intention in that you're gonna feel better with this and a lot of it is simply that you know it's like oh I want to feel better and having that thought towards your body is like really it's so good it's its own you know magic and its own healing power so the cbd is working with our cannabinoid system Mm -hmm. and so what what is that process though you know or a little more of like how is that what's happening when i put this on my knee so well there's these like (laughs) that makes it feel so good there's different (laughs) receptors so like on and like the scientific lens uh cbd binds to i believe the cb1 receptor so there's like specific there's cb1 and cb2 receptors yeah um and you know that's kind of what's happening there it's binding to the specific binding sites in your body which once again it kind of rules everywhere in your body yeah. um but on a on a subtle level or a more like energetic level um I mean, and then also the fact, before I get into that, that, like, it's just anti-inflammatory, right. you know? Like, it has these analgesic properties. It, like, yeah, it numbs pain, and it, it slows it down. Um, but, yeah, on a subtle level, I mean, I really think sometimes it's simply, as I was saying, like, simply the act of just doing something kind for yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like, it could be, you can use CBD oil, and it, it will be really helpful, but you can use something as basic as coconut oil or olive oil or whatever oil you have, you know, and you can put that on your body with intention, and you'll probably feel better. Yeah. Um, and you know, herbs do amazing things and there's no discounting that, but your intention for everything you do, like how you do things is more important than what you're doing in my humble opinion. (laughs) And in my experiences of what I've seen, you know, like I could be haphazardly doing a bunch of things and, you know, trying to like multitask and still get everything done, but like it's haphazard and like, not so well done or I could intentionally do one thing for that same amount of time and have it be an enormous success because I took the time and the intention to really focus on it you know so it's it's like along those lines of you know where what you feed with your your presence is what is gonna end up working for you (laughs) I love that So good. So good. All right. We are going to it's time. wrap this up with the final five. The final oh, man. five. Final five. Which are going to be five questions that you'll answer fairly quickly. Okay. Rapid fire. They're not going to be that rapid because some fire, of them are going to be tough. Rapid fire, final five. Okay. okay. Rapid fire, tough. final rapid five. Rapid fire, final five. <laughs> okay. First question. <laughs> okay. What does the first hour of your morning look like? Ooh. So uh, that's 
a very varied answer. Um, sometimes it looks like an ideal world. You, I'll tell you, you about my, take a deep breath. my ideal world. <laughs> I'm like, I'm here right now. Uh, I'm like in my throat. Um, in my ideal world, my first hour of my morning looks like tongue scraping <laughs> for an hour, <laughs> for a whole hour. Um, no, tongue scraping, you know, doing sense care things, like, you know, waking up my body, going to the bathroom, like having a bowel movement in the morning. Just real quick, back it up. Okay. What are the sense core things that you're waking up your body? Okay, so like splashing water on your okay. face, brushing your teeth, <laughs> like, you know, um, I put oil in my ears. I've never heard anybody do that. Yeah, I. so it's like I want to work on my senses, so... I, working on the sense of listening and hearing and so the idea is like your ears are these like vibratory channels um, that are taking in all this air so more of that vata energy and vibration so when you put like a little bit of oil in your ears it kind of grounds that sensation down and it pr like provides almost a protective barrier for your ears whoa yeah, and it's great, and are I do it just, with intention. It might be a dumb question, but, like, are you putting it on your ears or in... I put it actually, like, kind of, like, in, right, like, in the ridges, and then also just, like, dab a little bit inside my ears. Huh. And for me, the reason why is because I've had really sensitive ears growing up. Like, I had tinnitus for a bit. Um, I used to have really bad earwax overproduction. Um, just really weird ear stuff. And I find that using oil has helped heal those things pretty much so that's a sense care thing that i do um so pretty much sense caring you know going to the bathroom drinking hot water and lemon meditating for you know at least 10 minutes mm -hmm. um keeping my phone i keep my phone in another room mm -hmm. so this has been a practice that's really helped me sleep better through the night and then in the morning allowed me space to have a morning routine I don't check my phone for the first half hour to hour of waking up, um, and it, it's really grounding. I, I like to go outside, you know, even if it's, like, really cold outside, just, like, a zap of, like, maybe three breaths of fresh air. Um, go back in, light movement, you know, I put on music, I, like, like to dance. Ideally, I'd be doing yoga. This is a big hour, but nice. Yeah, it works so. Like, it's, well, the thing is, you're not looking at your phone. Oh, yeah. So right. you're not distracted. You get so much done. Yeah, you're not distracted by your phone, you know? So it's like, it really, you can do all of this within, like, half an hour. Um, but when we have our phones, you know, you end up spending, like, 20 minutes scrolling. I know. How does it... How does that happen? It happens. It's wild. And and so that's been a huge shift is not having my phone. There are other days, though. Like I said, this is my ideal morning. There are other mornings where I'll wake, where I'll wake up and I overslept and I have a ton of work to do. And so, you know, it'll be like kind of haphazard, like always the sense care, always, you know, the, the water in the morning. But sometimes I have to skip, you know, the meditation or the movement um, to to do the work I have to get done. And yeah. for me, that just means better planning, you know, like waking up earlier or, you know, because I feel like that time is so important to take to yourself in the morning. It might be the only time you have all day. So that's the first hour. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Question number two. What is your favorite book to give as a gift? Ooh, um, that there would be two of those. Uh, 
there's a book called Awakening Shakti. I know, and I got it. Um, It's by Sally Kempton. Off of your recommendation. Yeah, I love that book. It is so good. I I would recommend it to any any woman or man. I mean, Shakti is the feminine flow, but like you know, we're all working embrace that. Um, it's basically about like the main uh, Hindu goddesses and their backstory is based on Sally Kempton's uh, analysis and then it has these beautiful illustrations in it, um, great meditations, what colors you should wear to invoke that goddess spirit, you know, like it's just a really awesome book. So, so good. Yeah, I would say I would go with Awakening Shakti right now. This is one of my favorite questions. If you had one big billboard that was on, was everybody in the world could see it. You, so you'd have like three or four words you could put on there. What, what would it say? Whoa. Um, you create your reality. Nice. Either like the best piece of advice you've ever gotten or just what's the wisest thing someone has ever told you or taught you. Hmm. I often reflect back to my mom always saying, um, she always used to say, like, everything happens for a reason. And sometimes that felt like a cop out. You know, it's like, everything happens for a reason. You're not listening, mom. (laughs) But, like, in retrospect, oftentimes everything does happen for a reason. And, like, I like to think of that when I'm in a situation that I'm just like, how am I going to get out of this? Like, this is so murky, you know? And it's kind of like that little glimmer of hope that there's a reason why this is happening and that it might be for the highest good for everyone involved, even if it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something I often refer back to. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Last one. Yeah. What would you tell your 15-year-old self? Hmm. I would, I would send my 15-year-old self a lot of love and tell her that she's like a really wonderful person who deserves to be happy and not to compare I would say don't compare yourself to others and do the shit that you want to do and and don't people please that's what I would say I'd be like so find your hobbies and do them and and find how to make yourself happy and like just screw everything else that's not worth you know that's not holding up to your values or like yeah I would basically just tell like 15 year old Soph to go out there and like go play in the woods and learn an instrument that would pretty much be what I would tell 15 year old Soph <laughs> that's what I'm getting to run into the woods yeah run in the woods and with learn a guitar an, with a guitar like a ukulele or yeah. didgeridoo yeah yeah so if you're f- <laughs> or a didgeridoo so if you're 15 get a didgeridoo uh-huh. learn learn some breath work that's that would be a big one. Oh, come back to it. Breath work. That, and that's why, because that's, I mean, that's the power of that dig, you know? It's like. <laughs> <laughs> that's the power of that dig. I would, I would tell 15-year-old Soph to learn how to breathe. Yeah. I would tell 26-year-old Soph to learn how to breathe, too. Yeah. yeah. Tell everybody to learn how to breathe. Breathe. So, not part of our final five, but just closing, closing words and you have this really awesome apothecary, Avraveda apothecary, and you're also just an awesome person, and you do offer like consultations and all of these awesome things. So 
If people want to know more about you, how do they do that? Where do they go? Uh, so you can go to my website, which is www.avraveda.com. Check the show notes. Um, show notes. Show notes. Um, or, I mean, I'm, you know, my socials are all at Avraveda. Um, so it's A-V-R-A, Veda. And uh, that comes, the Avra comes from my last name, which, you know, there's been many times where I've thought about changing it because I'm like, oh, my name is in my company. But it's actually kind of cool because awesome. Avra is the... I just found this out about three months ago. In Greek mythology, which, you know, my heritage is that I'm Greek, um, Avra is actually the goddess of the cool breeze, which is so funny because, I, you know, we were talking about this vata energy, this breezy, airy, spacey energy. And so, you know, my last name has Avra in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it all worked out. So um, <laughs> you can go, you can find me at Avraveda. I post on on my socials pretty often. Sometimes I take a hiatus because it's it's too much and I need to not look at my phone. But and then you can also contact me at Avervita at Gmail. So it's pretty simple. Awesome. Sweet. Thanks, Soph. Thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, we'll probably cut this out. If you had to come up with a new name. Yeah. Right now, I'm the Ganesh King. This is Queen Kali. What would your goddess name be or god name be or whatever? It can be gender fluid. Um, I mean, I, I still, I would want to, I still. You can go with it. The, yeah. the dawn, man. <laughs> <laughs> the dawn. 100%. <laughs> A million and 20%. <laughs> Alright. Signing off. Something the Ganesh King. Queen Kali. And, and the, the dawn. dawn. <laughs>